McFarland, McFarland Energy, thanks so much for sponsoring the Bradfoe Show once again. Today, we got a sort of a combination of a Bradfoe Show on the go and sort of a sit-down. So I sat down with Noah Song, Noah Song, who, Red Sox, former Red Sox prospect, who was picked in the Rule 5 draft by the Philadelphia Phillies. Obviously, he was on track to becoming one of the Red Sox best prospects, but he had his naval commitments that he had to adhere to for the last few years. Finally, 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 after getting picked in the Rule 5 draft by the Philadelphia Phillies, he gets the waiver to come back and play baseball. So that's it. In a nutshell, that's it in a simplistic form. So an interview I did alongside the Boston Globe's Alex Spear, but I felt like it was important to talk to Song. He is an interesting, interesting guy, by far the most interesting Rule 5 guy in baseball right now, and potentially a really interesting guy that might be returned to the Red Sox ultimately if he doesn't stick with the Phillies. All right, well, here you go. Noah Song. Uh, I think the coming back, I think the, the like reintegration into it was like a little bit easier than I thought it was going to be I guess because uh, I don't say easier but like it was uh, it was like easier to like assimilate back into it because like I think I had been playing I did play baseball for a long time um, and so it was kind of like coming back to something that that you you, you used to know and uh, it makes it a lot easier to kind of like get back in the groovy end and then before I knew it it's like oh I, I, I remember how to do this like um, at least being in the baseball environment um, pitching I'm still trying to figure that out I think right now but uh, there's just work to be done as always. How regularly had you, like, you know, over the time that you're training, that uh, you know, that you are at aviation school, like, how often are you throwing? How often are you allowing yourself yeah, to think about uh, baseball? Like? Very infrequently, and uh, I guess the easiest way of putting it is like at the beginning there was like pretty much nothing, and it wasn't until like the Rule Five draft happened that like I started to actually like consistently try to pick up a ball, and even then it was still uh, it was still like. Infrequent, I guess. It's, like, it's hard to say any like specific like amounts because it really was kind of just <laughs> as the time allowed or as whatever you know. Just like it's just it was not something that we had a schedule for or anything. So you weren't even throwing like bullpens in the last no, two or was, three years no, or whatever. There was no time off amount at all. I threw I threw one bullpen uh, like the week before I, I showed up to camp here just to try to get back on a mound. Um, and it was, it was kind of all over the place, but uh, at least I, I got on a mound. But uh, before that, no. I, since 2019, Team USA, I had never been on a mound. Did it feel strange when you get up on the uh, it, fe- it felt like, um, it almost felt like uncomfortable, like like uh, like when you have a bad start or something, and it's like you just can't get comfortable on the mound at all. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, that's, that's the best way I can explain it. It's like there was never like a pitch where I was like, oh, that that's the one. That's the one. It's just the whole thing kind of was just very uncomfortable. When... When last we talked, uh, which was, I think, around the Premier 12 tournament, you described two plan A's, you know, like, and, yeah. you know, and, like, it felt like, at that point, you know, a dual-track professional, you know, a professional and, vo- you know, kind of vocational life was yeah. was within reach. Yeah. Um, was there a point where you were like, that is no longer in reach? You know, that, like, I'm, I'm going to be one track, I'm going to be, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, make, you know, much, in, in very satisfying way, uh, my career is going to be in the name. Um, are you saying, like, like just... Was there a point where baseball? you thought that baseball became unrealistic? Uh, yeah, I think I think every, every year that passed that I was away from the game, I think it became more and more kind of like, okay, that's... It. There's less chance of it coming coming back or happening, or even if I do go back, there's less chance of success, I guess. Um, 
but at the same time it's not something that I ever wanted to give up on because uh, you know Mitch Harris was in longer than I was and he still was able to come back so nothing's impossible and I'm a true believer in that but at the same time it's like I, I was realistic with myself and saying you know it it's only going to be harder the longer you are away from the game so um but I think because uh because like the focus is so strong and like because we like av- aviation like we love our job so much like whether you're pilot or NFO like we just love it that it's like it kind of uh allows you to to like really just enjoy what you're doing and not worry about the fact that you may have like not had an opportunity somewhere else so um i kind of like i guess i never really was like disappointed by anything <laughs> so um, did you follow baseball not a whole lot especially do especially since when i reported fly school was covid and the season kind of was like oh, kind of a wash then anyways and then I just never really got back into watching it after that. Um, and that's not just baseball, but, like, really any any professional sports. And um, a large portion of that was, like, a lot of the times we're not really talking about sports in the military when we're going out, you know, on a training exercise or something. So uh, part of it's that, too. But. How much contact did you have? Ben Crockett was the one with whom you had most of yes. your contact, yeah? Yes. Um, how much? How frequent was that contact? Um, he, he tried, like, he definitely wanted to keep communications throughout the time and uh and i i i tried to respond and do everything that i I could in the time but at the same time i told him you know there's there's really nothing there's not a whole lot to pass on there's no really information on anything um i kept him updated on like every step that was happening but uh i think he also respected the fact that like well if there's not a whole lot to to, you know bug him about then uh we don't really want to like bother him if he's like in the middle of flight training so yeah <laughs> but um he was very respectful of that the whole organization was so um how much like you know were you surprised at how challenging it was to navigate the bureaucracy of pursuing this like it seemed like it was a um, like it was it was very hard to get answers uh, at different points yeah it's actually as far as getting as getting i, I don't want to say like getting answers but like getting updates i guess like I know that a part of it is not because they're tra- they're not trying to withhold any information from anybody. It's just a matter of who's who's handling it at a certain time, where it is exactly, and, and you know some people might not that somebody somebody might get it and they might not know the full thing. And there's just a lot of communication or a lot of miscommunication at points. I don't think anybody was definitely nobody was trying to withhold information or anything like that. Um, I actually thought it was it was an easier process than uh, than what everybody thought because I thought the routing for all of it was going to be a lot more uh, like unprecedented and like and like just ambiguous but um, it actually ended up being where the CO was like hey there's there's you know mill purge 1920 or 1920 240 and uh, it covers your exact situation and and all you have to do is basically like fill this out and, and there's like a template essentially yeah. for my for what I wanted to do so um, it kind of it kind of was more straightforward than I thought as far as routing it once it was up and sent away, it's kind of out of my control, and it's just a waiting game at that point, whether or not it was a yes or no. With weird policy, with like policy changes happening to yes. like your circumstance, yes, like yes, uh, that's that's another thing that's out of the control. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I don't know what affects and what doesn't as far as like retroactively affecting and all that. So I just that was part of the reason why I just kind of didn't think about any of it. I'm like, it's either a yes or no at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. So. Two two where were you questions? Where were you when the Rule Five stuff happened? I was in my room, uh, or actually I was in my living room in my rental house. And uh, your rental house where? Where were you living? I was in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, yeah. and because um, that was where I was stationed and. Uh, I was not watching it at all because my agent told me he probably won't have to worry about it. Um, 
and uh, you know sure enough like uh, my pitching coach from the Naval Academy Coach Applegate Bobby Applegate was the one who texted me and he was he told me he's like rule five <laughs> and I was like uh, and I was like I didn't, I didn't know I was the one who got picked because um, I thought he was talking about somebody else but then I was like who else would have got rule five <laughs> and then like I, then I went to my computer and like looked it up and everything and said like oh Philly's rule five draft and I was talking and I was like oh no what happened like what do I do, what do, I do with this so, and then I started texting my agent trying to figure out what, what, what that meant and everything and um just kind of as a learning process like for the rest of the day what did it sink in that you're like oh man i'm gonna be in a... uh, i mean I, because I, you still I, weren't you still yeah, weren't no cleared by the yeah. yeah exactly i think that's the thing is like I, I read it all online and i was like well it doesn't matter what it says because i'm, I'm not even like cleared to play yet um and then even if i am cleared to play i knew that there was a lot of things that can still happen there's no you know there, there's there's definitely like choices and options that the teams can make still even within it it's not like anybody's hands are tied and they have to actually do one thing mm-hmm. so um yeah i think i think i just no matter what it said i was like i'm just gonna go and, and do do what i can and do, do my best so, so what, did you have any uh, contact with the red sox after like did you hear from anyone with the red sox uh yeah crockett called me yeah. and he, he he just called me really let me know that like i was real five drafted and uh, he's like we wish you the best <laughs> yeah essentially it's a it's a pretty somber tone but uh <laughs> um yeah, it's kind of a sad day there. Yeah. But, uh, shortly after, obviously, uh, Fold and uh, Dabrowski called and they said, "Hey, we will find you and uh, welcome to the organization and everything." So um, it was like a, I guess, a really bittersweet thing. But um, yeah. So, so the other where were you? Obviously, is when you got cleared. Yeah. Uh, that one kind of was a gra- that was that one was almost like more of a gradual thing because like there was like they started to like kind of like hint at certain points like when they when they didn't send me on my deployment i was like well like why am i not going basically um and that was at the end of january and then i was like why am i not going and then later on it's they're like literally it was like ran like just one day all of a sudden they're just like oh like uh you're separating and i was like well <laughs> okay thank you so and then it was like a week turnaround or something from there and, and like everything was expedited in the navy like they they had they do not work separations that fast normally and um there was a lot of stuff that kind of like even even now i'm still kind of like trying to communicate with them on certain things but i'm 100 percent cleared to leave and everything and i and on tw- february 21st i was separated but um there was just a lot of like they had not worked with it they had not worked with it that fast before right so um everybody was trying to kind of rush in a little bit where would you have been deployed to if you don't have it done uh japan okay yeah. Yeah, we have a PA squadron that's all over in uh, the Pacific. So okay. um, that was where I was headed. And uh, go do God's work over there. So, yeah. Is there a part of you that, you know, I mean, it, this is incredible, right? Yeah. Like, this is an opportunity yeah. that very few people get in their lifetime. Yeah. So major league yeah. So at the same time, is there a part of you that's like, I've worked really, really oh, hard. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and honestly, that was, a little, that was a little bit of like, a, not, I don't want to say frustration, but like a little bit of a, like a, a hesitation that I had coming back because I was like, well, all, you know, all my friends are, are going overseas, and, and uh, I'm gonna have to live with that. You know, and like, yeah. um, obviously, we're like, they're well trained, and you, you hope nothing happens. But like at the same time, you know, um, you know, you know, there's risk involved, and uh, you know, you, you should, you're supposed to be in that situation. So um, there's always gonna be that, and uh, there's always gonna be the fact that like it, it was fun. I liked what I did, so uh, a lot. Um, but you know, this is this is really fun too. So. Um, yeah, it really is two plan A's for me. So, yeah. Are you when you started throwing coming back here? How close did you feel you were to the last time 
you pitch competitively. Uh, it was so hard. It was so hard to gauge that because, like, I think like um, a lot of times the way you feel is not exactly like the way you're performing, um, and so. I, I knew I, I I could feel that I still was nowhere close to what I was, but um, I didn't feel like I was like like completely starting fresh either. But uh, I I did know that there was gonna be a lot of work as far as like getting back into throwing shape because the arm just didn't feel quite as lively and it also just didn't feel quite as just just quite as in shape I guess. Mm. Um, and even even now it's like still like a, it's just it it takes a while it takes a while unfortunately like no matter how much care you try to get and everything, there's still only 24 hours in the day and you have to just, you have to do the most with the time, with the time that you have, so. You, you know, at the time that you were, you know, in 19, your command was like, you know, was excellent with your, you know, is it, was it commander stuff that like you, where you found the bigger it, gap? Uh, um, it, 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 it was everything, it was everything. Yeah. Really, I mean, like, any any part of pitching was was I felt like I was struggling with um, off speed command, just throwing off speed in general. Yeah. Um, even even down to just the grips. Yeah. Uh, some of it felt uncomfortable. Like the fastball grip was still. It's like I, I was feel trying to feel for what that feeling was for a while, and um, it's just a it just a connection with the body, the whole the whole delivery, everything just kind of felt. Um, forced I guess a little bit and uh it just was not very fluid um and it's just that it's just something that it's almost like the brain needs to like kind of like make the connection with the body again um it's just been a very long time not (laughs) quite riding a bike no not well yeah not quite but I do think uh given given enough time I do I do think eventually like once it once it does kind of click it'll kind of like happen faster at the end than at the beginning as far as like the recovery the Remember. What's what's your understanding in terms of the Rule Five process in terms of with your injury and being returned or staying or? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not oblivious to the fact that there's. I, I think I know that there's like a possibility that I can like be returned to Boston and all that. Um, and then I think there's some other stuff with like uh, waivers and other teams. But to be honest, I, I try not to look into the details of it because uh, one, I don't want to get caught up in like trying to plan out my own future when it's it's really outside my control as far as you've, you've done enough of that right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and then uh and then secondly it's just i, I don't i don't it, to me it just doesn't really uh it doesn't really matter because like my goal is to come here and try to get better at throwing every day and uh it's not try to try to you know worry about mm-hmm. the rules of the rule five draft or anything so um, but at the same time i don't i don't like being completely ignorant to everything so i i try to try to understand information as people as people present it to me but um I just, it's not at the, like the forefront of my mind every day, I guess. So. The, how, oh, go ahead. How, uh, what is your health status at this point? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I feel I feel like I'm, I, I had like the tightness in the back uh, last week, and it's been a recovery process since um, the training staff's really, like, we're, we've been working like every day, and we're working with it. Um, I feel I feel like I'm, I'm like getting better, and uh, I feel, I feel like there's definitely like a lot of progression. Um, but I mean, only time will tell. Like any other recovery. So the last, um, where were you? Where were you when you watched the movie? Oh, <laughs> I was actually in Pensacola, Florida, because I was visiting my brother for flight school, and I was like, I, was, I had to like convince him because he he's not a Tom Cruise fan, so uh, <laughs> I had to convince him to go watch it. And then he watched it, and then right after the movie, he walked out, and he's like, "Okay, that was a really good movie." <laughs> and so and ever since then, he's like been all about jets. So I mean, well, he's always been about jets, but. He kind of like 
got that got that cool factor again, I guess. But what's the part that hit home the most for you in that movie? So it's actually funny. It's, it has nothing to do with the Jets. Uh, just the like, beach. Just the playing football on the beach, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, there's a there's a. So like my plane was the PA, which was like you know we're we're considered like a a big wing, just like a big a big boy in the sky. But uh, they never showed a scene with the PA, but they did show a scene with an E2, which uh, is another is another option of like our pipeline. It was something that we like trained a little bit with. Uh, like while we were still in flight school, uh, so when we saw that, that was when all the all the NFOs were like, "Oh, yeah, like, that's our scene of the movie," you know. So like, because everything else is just about jet pilots. So, um, but I do have a friend who who is trained to be a jet pilot right now, and uh, I have like all the respect to them because uh, it, it it's they do things at very high speed and they have to make decisions really 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 quick and they got to be really really good pilots. So. You know, they uh, they definitely earned their title. So. Did they? Did, it, did your friend say, "Okay, I could have done that"? I could have, I. <laughs> no, he was the one. He was the one who complained to me after moving. He's just like, apparently, nobody briefs anymore <laughs> so, uh, because that in fly school, that's like the, that's like the killer. It's just like waking up for the brief and prepping the brief. So especially with jets. Yeah. Aside from uh, Ben Crockett, did you hear from anyone else with the Red Sox? Like it was like um, I you know. Obviously, you had the Premier 12 experience with, yeah. like, Dahlbeck and Halk and, you know, anything like that. Uh, on the player side, it, it mostly was the guys that I, I played with in role. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, Ryan Zephyr John reached out, Cody Scroggins yeah. reached out, uh, and they just said, like, hey, man, congrats, like, whatever, like, um, like, oh, we hope to see you again, but, like, you know, we understood, like, I think, I think they understood kind of, like, what was happening, too, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope the best for them, but, um, and I kind of... I kind of miss that I don't get to go back to playing with them because uh, it was kind of our whole thing in Lowell was like we all want to like we all want to go up together and, yeah. and everything and uh, just like anybody else playing but um, you know life happens and uh, you, you don't always get to choose how things work out so I mean how wild is that to think of like those guys have been like you know have been grinding through their own development over the last couple of years they're still you know yeah. kind of lower levels right like you're in a position where not having pitched to baseball in three years, it's like you have a chance to be on a major league roster this spring. Yeah. yeah. No, that's why I, I definitely take that very seriously, and I, and I try to respect the fact that there are people who were, were working for, at baseball the whole time while I was working at something else. And uh, that's why I, it's not something that, that necessarily that I feel too comfortable about um, in the sense of uh, I, I know that I'm not I know that I'm not ready. I know that I'm not uh exactly what a rule a typical rule five draftee would be um, as far as like prepared but um I, I just try to like be respectful of that and try to keep my head down and kind of and kind of try to earn my keep every day and at least uh ha- at least i hope that people understand that i am trying to progress uh, no matter what happens and um i'm, I'm really okay with how, any, how anything turns out even if it means that i'm no, not on a big league roster or anything um, I'm here to try to get to try to come back into baseball. It's not um, obviously you want to compete and everything, but it's it, the real goal is to try to be reintegrated to baseball. So, did you get to a point of facing hitters like live BP or anything? No, no, I haven't gotten to that point. Um, so the last time you did that was in the Premier Twelve. That's correct. Yeah, so it, that'll be another kind of a culture shock again. But uh, I'm I'm confident that by then I'll at least. Uh, at least be more confident in my ability um, because I'll have enough time off the mound and everything by then. Is that prospect exciting to you? Just like being on a mound and like you know, yeah, I think I think about it something. I think I think especially as time's gone on and uh, and my catch play started to feel like better and better and better and, and I feel like oh okay like I'm actually making steps uh, throwing wise and everything. I start then I start to think about oh like 
I kind of remember what it was like to face hitters and everything like that and uh, how much fun that is. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I get excited for that. Um, I know. Your first I know. spring training. Yeah. <laughs> this is your first spring training. Well. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's not how I, I expected the first one to go. Uh, I didn't know if I was even going to have one, but um, I think I wouldn't have it any other way now. So. <laughs> I know it's simplistic, but did you ever get a like, radar gun on you? Uh, they, I think they have like a, they have like some uh, some a bunch of like metrics and stuff, but uh, it was not something that we were like looking looking really okay. at because for me it was more about or for our pitching coach to me it was more about hey we want to just like basically like regrow you so mm-hmm. they weren't too caught up in the numbers or anything. Yeah, like I don't. It's like saying like someone's forty yard dash. You know, it's like, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah, yeah at so. least at least not at this point. I'm sure. I'm sure. That, uh, It'll be it'll be used as a tool, I think, to to measure growth over time, just to just to measure like health status and, and like conditioning of the arm and everything. But uh, or very early on, it, it was not it was not something that was like used for the actual numbers. So at least from what I understand, <laughs> I had always kind of wondered whether or not like while you were uh, while you were in school, whether or not someone you know, like an engineer, a naval engineer or something is going to figure out how to, like, use some of the radar implements they have there <laughs> to set you up. No, no. It's, uh, we definitely don't try to abuse any of the, yeah. any of the multi-million dollar equipment. 